Shumai Akroiso. Hello and welcome to this, the latest episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. In this episode, we meet up with three representatives of the Wales seniors' sides. They all have at least one thing in common, in that they were born outside of Wales. I'll let them tell their stories to you. I hope you enjoy the listen. We have Peter Betley. Have I got that right, Peter? Yeah, Betley, yeah. And uh, Mick Stadden. Yes, fine, Steve, yeah. Okay, and Mike Turner. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, lovely. I've got that bit right anyway. Um, <laughs> and, we're well, we've been brought together, in truth, by a gentleman known as Chris Peregrine, who's um, been on the podcast with his with his club in Kamart, uh, just outside Carmarthen, Bronwyth. Um, and his suggestion for this podcast was that it was um, three Englishmen who have made their cricketing uh, uh, past and present in Wales. Um, but I, I'm looking at the amount of time that collectively you've all lived in Wales, and it it's knocking on for 150 years. So. Um, Thanks for that, Steve. <laughs> None of you are Johnny Come Latelys, really. Uh, but I think the the idea is that we'll 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 start by talking about where you were born and brought up, which wasn't in Wales, um, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of uh, come to kind of how long you've been in Wales and and the, the cricketing uh, times you've had in Wales later. How about we start with Mick first? Tell us a little bit of your um, early history, Mick, and your early kind of um, enjoyment of the game of cricket. Well, I suppose it began on Clapham Common, really, in southwest London. Um, no, Mike, we don't want to know about your conception. We want to know <laughs> about your cricketing career. Well, it was together. Um, <laughs> um, then I attended Belleville um, School, primary school. And to be fair, and this was back in the what, early 1950s, there was a, th- a thriving cricket association within the Battersea schools and we had many games mainly on Clapham Common but uh, it was all organised by I suppose an inspirational teacher Edgar Davis Um, and there was lots of cricket and uh, that stood me in good stead when I went to Battersea Grammar which had uh, a long history of um, strong fixture lists including Surrey Young Cricketers uh, and MCC Young Professionals. And uh, really, through the good auspices of um, two teachers, Ken Dobson and uh, Colin Bray, I had seven very happy school years there playing cricket for those seven years. You mentioned a couple of uh, ex-pupils when you wrote back to me, uh, Mick, that... uh might ring bells with other people. A couple of years ahead of me in school was Mike Selby, who um, had three caps for England, um, started with Surrey and then went to Middlesex. And it was really from Middlesex that he was capped against the West Indies. I think it was 1976 or 77. And his first three wickets were Greenwich, and definitely Viv Richards. So, uh, yeah, he, and then obviously went on to a great sort of career in um, journalism and has only recently retired. And the other one who was a few years younger than me was David Smith, who started as a, a fast bowler for Surrey and then sort of strangely ended up opening the batting for England in the 80s, I think. So really, they are the two famous ex-pupils. Okay. Mike, what about you? Where, where, where were your beginnings? Well, uh, remarkably similar to Mick, actually. Um, I, I went to primary school in Kent, although I'm a Geordie, and I praise the Lord for Eddie Howe every day. Um, but uh, for one reason or another, um, I, I went to primary school in Kent where we played cricket, which is pretty much unheard of these days, I think. And um, I was then even more fortunate to go to a, 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 I have to say public school, but minor public school in Dorset, where I was taught to play cricket um, properly. Um, Although, unfortunately, as far as batting is concerned, I never got past a four defensive shot. But uh, uh, as as these other two gentlemen are well aware, um, although (laughs) I I, I really got a chance to, uh, to, to bat in the 70s. 
and um, uh, played cricket all the way through school and um, and university in in London. And uh, and incidentally, Mike, I, I saw Mike Selby make his I think it was his debut in that famous Test match at Old Trafford. Um, where Brian Close and John Edrich uh, faced up to Michael Holding, I'm 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 fairly I'm fairly sure that was the occasion. It probably was because Geoffrey uh, Dujon, who hadn't broken into the West Indies side at that time, was playing in Swansea, and uh, when Glamorgan played the West Indies, uh, obviously Dujon was there watching, and he introduced some of his mates as they were, you know, Michael Holden in particular. So, yes, it would have probably been that year, 77. But um, the, the, the best bit of cricketing advice I had at school was, uh, I, I vividly remember uh, my cricket master when I was uh, just starting out at 11, and, and the remark has most stuck with me over the years is, Turner, if you move your right foot back towards square leg, I'm going to staple the bloody thing to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wish you stapled your left hand to the ground as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come back to that, Steve. <laughs> you, um, you, you did mention uh, to me, Mike, uh, um, a particular teacher at school. Uh, yes, uh, David Scaife, who was an English teacher, but he, but he uh, is, is a great delight, was to teach cricket. And, and it was it was him who actually uh, made that remark. But uh, I've, 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 I've tried to make light of my cricket education, but it, but it was... It was very, it was very good. It's, it's my lack of talent, which, which uh, ultimately uh, let the teaching down. Brian Close was a hero of yours, of absolutely, and and uh, and I'm very glad that I that I saw him that day at Old Trafford because it, it was an astonishing day's cricket. Um, as you can call it bravery, you can call it foolhardiness, a uh, lot, and lots of people have done. Um, but the way he faced up to the battery of on a on a on a very dodgy pitch at Old Trafford, I have to say. Uh, was was breathtaking. The, the crowd throughout that day was entirely silent, apart from apart from the tea interval where um, um, uh, there were s uh, several um, Rastafarians uh, uh, walking around the ground. Uh, you remember that Tony Gregg had uh, said that the, the England would make the West Indies grovel, yeah, uh, and uh, they had made a record uh, to the tune of um, "Who's Sorry Now," "Who's Groveling Now." <laughs> and they they went round the ground. Uh, it was around about the same time as some wag came on and presented John Edwidge with a bat of, about a foot wide. Okay, Peter, tell us tell us your beginnings. Very very boring, I'm afraid. I I <clears throat> pardon me. Unfortunate position of not not attending a school that was at all interested in cricket. It was all rugby, rugby, rugby. I always loved cricket. The game fascinated me, and I, I always wanted to play, but the opportunity was never there until I went out to Cape Town to work, and I was um, quite quite advanced in years by then. I was uh, twenty, so it was. Uh, although I'd so you'd never picked up a bat or um, oh yes, I every opportunity I got, I would pick up a bat and sort of bowl balls and try all sorts of things. But unfortunately, there was living in out in rural east midlands um clubs were very few and far between so far as i was concerned and uh, i just didn't have the opportunity but if there was an opportunity of going and playing in a, a a game on a field somewhere with a couple of farmers sons and things like that we would we we'd be up for it we'd play cricket but it was not not cricket as you know it sort of make a wicket up avoiding as many pieces of meadow grass as you could and uh and then see if you can get a ball that actually came off the ground when you bowled it. So it's a pause. But and how did you end up in South Africa, Peter? How did, yeah, how working for a living. Working for a living. That's all. Went down there for a on, on a contract for a few years. And first weekend I was there. I arrived mid midweek, and somebody came up to me and said, "Do you play cricket?" And I said, "Oh yes, yes, love to." And that Saturday I was out playing cricket and played cricket every weekend for about the next four and a half years uh, that during the season. And uh, it was great fun. It was the climate down there was uh, was very reliable, not like West Wales. 
And what was the <laughs> what was the club that you were playing for? I played for a couple of clubs, uh, and I was checking the other day, and the the Maitland, the club that I played for um, in the suburbs of Cape Town, is no longer there. The club has gone. Um, I played up in Belleville, played cricket out in Stellenbosch and Paul and over in Constantia. Some, in fact, the Constantia ground, which is reckoned to be a you know one of the one of the nicest round Cape Town. I played there on its very first year, and out in Chuk and places you know Krabo, beautiful Somerset West, lovely places to play cricket. Absolutely fabulous. And good wickets as well, really good wickets. Um, let's let's move on to hopefully um, equally tremendous experiences. Moving to Wales, Mick, you you went to university and ended up training as a teacher. Is that have I got that right? Is yeah, that that's correct. Um, and that brought you to Wales. Swansea, yeah, Swansea University, sixty eight. Played a little bit of cricket for the university, not very much. And I think it was in my final year, 72, where um, I played for the, sounds quite grand, this, uh, played for the University of Wales at soccer in um, British University soccer tournament. And Bill Edwards, and I guess everybody is aware of Bill, <laughs> sadly passed away now, but he drove three or four of us from Swansea to the soccer tournament and the conversation turned to cricket. And so he said, well, look, come and have a game. And I suppose the rest is history. You know, I um, started playing for Swansea in 72. Um, but my first full season was really 73, I suppose, when I was, you know, my first year of teaching. So that's really how I started in, in, in South Wales. And we're talking about pretty competitive cricket now, playing for Swansea, first team. Did you break into the first team? Or... I did. My first uh, my first game in Swansea's first, I was um, summoned from Ashley Road, which uh, I guess a lot of people will know, the, the playing fields on the Mumbles Road. And I was, I think I was going to play for the thirds. And they said, uh, can you get a Cliddock? And... Uh, I managed, I had an old Miner 1000 car, but really didn't know where Cliddock was. But uh, got there, went into the dressing room, and I think Swansea were already a couple of wickets down. I went in and then was uh, faced some bowling, that I, quality bowling that I'd not faced before. But I was run out by uh, a gentleman called Billy Slade, who was at short leg, pounced on it and... You know, I'd sort of dragged a foot out of the crease and he'd whipped the bales off from short leg. Swansea lost by 10 wickets. <laughs> a great start. And, but it was also the year that Swansea were relegated from the first division on a technicality. I think that they played... The, they had a, a West Indian pro who I think was Brian Davis... But they were struggling and they somehow tried to bend the rules and played his brother as well. And they were relegated on a technicality. So it took another 73, 74, 74, 75, 76. It took three years to get back into the uh, first division. I, 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 76, yeah, 76, we won the second division championship, mainly due to Rodney Ontong. And uh, an Aussie we had playing for us called Rob Wilkinson. Mike, Mike's being very, very modest. Mike captain Swansea. If you go in, into the rooms at St Helens, you can see on the captain's board one Mike Stadden, captain of Swansea. I, I didn't ask uh, uh, Mike, but you um, were you a batsman primarily? Yeah, yeah, primarily. Um, I did keep wicket quite a lot, but uh, I think the less said about that, the better. <laughs> um, I, I've been lucky enough to have conversations in the past with Ozzy Wheatley, the the ex um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, captain of Glamorgan from the nineteen sixties. He yeah. said that Billy Slade was one of the best 
close in fielders that he'd ever seen play in county cricket. So um, yes, he. I mean, I obviously I was a little bit ignorant of, but certainly he was uh, feline in his movements uh, in short leg. Um, but you know, it was, and I got a feeling on that day in Clitter, I think it was Kim Davis who had a spell with the county, and. Oh, I don't know, perhaps a very young Arthur Francis. Uh, you know, got 140 runs between them without loss. But uh, things got better then. You know, Swansea regrouped a bit, I think. And uh, certainly with Omtong, we were able to to get back into the Premiership uh, under the guidance of Hal Lewis, who was a fine captain, a, a fine player, and a very generous man. And uh, he sort of retired really in uh, 79. And I was captain then for three years, 80, 81, 82. And I suppose the other point that's quite strange is that, I'm, you know, somebody from Battersea was captain of Swansea. And the next year, somebody from Battersea Grammar as well was captain of Glamorgan in Mike Sylvian. I, don't, I think you could have had a few bob on that. Ten years earlier, <laughs> um, but no, and, it was a great. And, well, a very good club, Swansea. I mean, it, Bill Edwards was the sort of horse behind it. But um, any, do you have any any uh, apart from the trip um, up to North Wales where he recruited you? Any other abiding memories of Bill? Yes, I went to um, Barbados and Trinidad with the South Wales League in '79, and Bill was the manager of that he was just a, an inspirational force really bill you know he he just was an on-stop cricket really and sport and uh you know he had so many contacts that uh we were when we came we were coming back from barbados and the flight was delayed due to a, an incident at the airport so we had to then go to canada and back and, uh, you know, his contacts out there, he managed to get us to the um, to Niagara Falls, a trip around Niagara Falls. No, he was a great man, Bill, and uh, sorely missed, really. I mean, he ended up really as president, I think president of Mumbles Cricket Club. Uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about sort of captaincy and, and, and those, those years yeah. where you were in oh, charge of sure. Swansea. Um, yeah. Mike, I, you arrived in Wales probably around right about the same time that that Mike was just finishing or, or finishing his studies to become a teacher, early seventies. Is that right? Uh, yes, yeah, nineteen seventy-two. Um, I, uh, I I'm a bit ahead of Mike uh, as far as years ago. Um, I finished university in nineteen sixty-eight. Pretty uh, evident of those pictures tonight, Mike. <laughs> 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 and uh, and I went to work in an advertising agency uh, in London, which which I hated with a passion. And um, although I did actually, they did have a cricket team, and I did play cricket for them. Uh, and uh, then I went on to I thought, oh well, I'll give teaching a go, and uh, and I taught in a in a in a girls in a in a very refined girls public school for two years, uh, which was uh, a bit of an eye opener. Um, but uh, my my first wife's mother-in-law um, bought a holiday house in, in Wales uh, around about 1970 and we found ourselves um, spending more and more time there. And I'd, I'd, I'd fallen in love with the, with the place. And we were presented with the opportunity of buying a, an old forestry commission house, which was derelict. And uh, and for, the, for what now seems like the ridiculous price of £3,000, and uh, and we jumped at that, and uh, and uh, I've been here ever since. Um, uh, started a, a, a small building firm, and um, uh, that's 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 how I've uh, squandered my life uh, in 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 Wales. Um, I went to play for. Um, we moved to a, a small village between um, Flandover and Lampeter, and. Uh, the local minister in the in the hot, in the hot summer of uh, 1976. Uh, the Methodist minister started a, a cricket team there, and I, I, I'd given cricket no thought for years. And um, my next door neighbour, whose silage we just finished uh, bringing in, had uh, 
had prepared prepared a pitch in his silage field. And uh, and he said, would you, would you like to come down for a practice? And and uh, I uh, I caught the bug again almost immediately. And uh, we, we the the team played in, in the Lambton Midweek League, and uh, and we had a lot of fun with that. And I did quite well for them, and and became known in the area a little bit. And moved on to play for Lambton, where I played for thirty years. And again, and, uh, I, I perhaps should have asked this earlier, but um, you are a bowler primarily. Yeah, now you yeah, <laughs> Mike smiling. Um, I, 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 I left on pies, <laughs> but but they seem on uh, over the years to have bamboozled more batsmen than than can believe to be feasible in 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 any way. Um, but so uh, let's, for the sake of argument, say yes, uh, I'm a bowler. Okay. Um, although I did open the batting for Lampeter for for several years. Um, but my my uh, yeah my, well, my job my 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 job was to see to see the decent bowlers off and and then let the, the proper batsmen uh, get in and and take toll of of the of the lesser mortals. Um, and then I I, I, uh, I when I was in my fifties, I believed my career to be over. Did my umpiring exams, thought I'd uh, yeah to stay in the game that way. Um, and I had a call in what in two thousand and two. From a friend in Clandestil, uh, were very short. Last game of the season in Aberdeen, Division Five of the uh, of the SWCA. Um, any ch- any chance? Uh, Lampard already finished their fixtures. Any chance of you coming to help us out? Totally against the rules. Um, I my name that day was Michael Jones, uh, and uh, for some unaccountable reason, I managed to take five wickets in Aberdeen. Uh, and then spent the next 20 years playing for Flanderson. And I, I'm still there now, uh, look after the ground there now. Somebody's told me in a previous interview that Flanderson is probably one of the most beautiful grounds in Wales. Would would you agree with that, Mike? Uh, well, far be it from me to, to blow my own club's trumpet, but uh, yes, it probably <laughs> <is>. <laughs> You have. You've blown uh, it quite successfully. Along with quite good as well. <laughs> okay, Peter, let's come to you. And uh, you're coming to Wales, which is a bit a bit later than the, the two Michaels. Yes, it was, <clears throat> I only actually full, fully moved down here in 1980-81. Uh, but going back to my childhood, my, my father was a, a very keen fly fisherman, salmon fisherman. So all summer holidays were spent in Tregaron or Llanotid Wells. Uh, so I, I grew up knowing mid-Wales quite well in that respect. And and then I I was in business in Wales from the mid-70s onwards. Well, um, late-70s, I should say. Um, <clears throat> so I, I was spending a lot of time down here. When we finally moved, uh, I did make sure that I moved to somewhere where there was at least cricket played. Um, having come from Nottinghamshire, playing in the South Notts Villages League, which which is what I joined when I came back from Cape Town. Um, a lot of very nice grounds over there, very sociable cricket. And um, Wales seemed to be a little bit, um, bit sparse when it came to cricket grounds. Found out that there was only one team in, uh, in the Cardigan area that actually played weekend cricket and that was cardigan itself uh, so i duly joined up there and had a, a good few years enjoyable cricket until unfortunately the uh, it was on a, a school field that uh, the wicket was but the the local educational authority in their wisdom decided to put an all-weather surface in <clears throat> and that all-weather surface went right up to the edge of the square which finished cricket permanently in cardigan so i went along and went and played in the uh, <clears throat> the aforementioned prom with with chris peregrine and uh et al but i'd first played against mike whoa, way back um early 80s cardigan used to play in the west wales uh cricket conference as did lampeter and clandestine at one point uh, and Mike and I played against each other 
for the first time. So we've been friends and cricketing acquaintances for all the time I've been down here, pretty much. Since I, I retired from work and I stopped playing for Bromwith because it's a fair old trek just to get to a home game, away games can be quite um, impressive mileage when you live on the West Coast. So I joined Cleckrid, which, as Mike mentioned, is very fortunate in having a very picturesque ground, different kind of setting to Clandussels. Um, but very picturesque, very rural, not beautiful views across the River, river Tyvee, um, which is on, that's the ground that uh, the river that Clandissel sits on the banks of. So we, the two clubs have got that in common, if nothing else. <laughs> I played 40 club cricket because back in those days you had to be invited to play. Um, so that, that was not, that was very enjoyable. It's, um, Meeting up with a another bunch of 40, 50-odd-year-olds, some tremendous characters playing for the Wales 40-club side. side. It, was, it was, for, for me, it, that was the, the, the nicest cricket that I'd ever played, all these old codgers playing together. We will talk about that uh, a little bit more in a, in a second, Peter. I wanted to come back to, to, to uh, Mick and... And talk about captaining Swansea. First of all, um, the St Helens ground is again another. It's an iconic ground in Welsh mm. sporting history. Really, um, I, I wonder what it must have been like to play there on a regular basis. Staggering, really. Um, it is, as you say, an iconic ground, and it is very, very special. Still in my mind now. Um, I suppose to be made captain of Swansea was certainly one of the highlights of my career. Um, and it was a relatively successful time. Uh, we didn't win the Dan Radcliffe, which is the trophy for the South Wales Cricket Association. But I suppose the highlight really was um, a Welsh Cup final against Ammonford, St Helens, in 1981. Um, Linton Lewis, who... Mm -hmm. Bill Edwards managed to get over from the West Indies, was their professional. And suddenly Ammonford had walked the third division of the South Wales Cricket Association and they were playing us in the final. Um, we, had, we, had a, we had a fair side and we thought, you know, first division against third division that we would prevail. And we got, in a 40-over game, you've got to remember this is back in 81, we got 248. Was and it, lad, did, did you win the toss then, that day? No, I got a feeling Jeff Roach, who's still a, still a friend, um, he won the toss, and I, I'm pretty certain he stuck us in. On a great, fantastic pitch for late August, George Clement was the, the groundsman at St Helens then. Mm. And... Uh, we got 248 and a lad called Richard Watt got 96 in 40 deliveries. And then Linton Lewis got 90 odd. But when he was out, they still needed 100 in 15 overs and managed it with their late order batting to, to, to get it in uh, 39 point something overs. But I suppose... Apart from the upset of not winning, it was a fantastic game of cricket. And I'm not sure how this would go down now, but Ammonford bought busloads of supporters down. And Linton Lewis, who was their pro and had had a fantastic season, is from the Caribbean, Windward Islands, I think. And as he was in full flow coming from the windows of the big pavilion at St. Helens. And I suppose this would be okay today now, to use this term. Booming from the Ammonford supporters was, I'd rather be a black than a Swansea Jack. And, uh, <laughs> and fair play to Linton, who last week was actually made a life member of Ammonford Cricket Club. 
And they then went on from strength to strength. He was quite an astonishing cricketer and, and made a massive impact on the, the town and the, uh, uh, and the club, didn't he? Yeah, massive. I played against him several times, you know, or many times, really, I suppose. But the first three, 90-odd in the Welsh Cup final. And then the next year, because they were in the second division, I didn't play against him. The next year, I'd left Swansea and gone to Davon. And it was Amherst's first game in the uh, first division. It was against Avon in Amherst Park. Linton got 196, <laughs> you know, and probably got five wickets as well. And then the game in Davon, he got 135. So I think I'd seen quite enough of Linton <laughs> in three knocks. <laughs> but uh, it was fine cricket. But then I suppose one of the ironies of cricket is that when I moved to Gorsainen, I don't think he got a run against Gorsainen in the four or five times that I played against him uh, um, in, those, in those years. But no, he was uh, a fine player, fine player. Uh, but never really, I don't think, played other than perhaps for the Windward Islands. He, he, I don't think he ever really got a smell in the um, West Indian structure. Also, Swansea, um, Ezra Mosley, who, you know, has a legacy as a great fast bowler, who sadly died again, I think, last year, killed in a bicycle accident back in Barbados. He came to Swansea, and it just shows, really, what the South Wales League was like. He'd got something like six for a hundred for, for Glamorgan against Kent, turned up then to play against um, Gowerton at St. Helens uh, the next day. And it was my first game as captain. And we got 240 odd or 230. And Gowerton got them for one wicket. Eddie Bevan, whom you probably know, um, Batted Wayne Harris and uh, a South African called uh, Wayne Radford. And, you know, I think Ezra went for 80 and about 16 overs. It's a strange game, isn't it, cricket? You know? Yeah, it is indeed. It is indeed. But uh, I was going to say, without wanting to sort of shorten your, your discussions and your memories, I wanted to talk a little bit about your sort of your movement into seniors cricket and how all that came about for all three of you, uh, really. Peter's mentioned a little bit of, of his transition already. Uh, Mike, what about you? How 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 did that happen? How and 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 what have you played in seniors cricket? You know, the senior Welsh teams. Which ones have you played in? Well, well, indeed, uh, it was uh, due to Peter Betterly that I joined the Forty Club. Uh, he, in his turn, invited me into the 40 club and um big mistake <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and um and i i, I played many 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 times for the 40 club and and, and thoroughly enjoyed it um i missed out on the 50s and and mm -hmm. mostly the 60s as well because i was still playing league cricket for Glendersill. um and uh being self-employed you, you, you don't really have, you have much got a claim to fame mike haven't you is that right sorry you have got a claim to fame with 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 Landersil playing in the in the South Wales Cricket League. Do I? You said you were the oldest player. To play in. <laughs> well, as far as anybody knows, because these records are not kept, obviously. But as far as anybody knows, when I turned out for Landersil in my steg to play against the Celtic, and I may say was was asked to open the bowling. Uh, and um, uh, I had just turned 73. And as far as anybody knows, uh, I, I am the oldest player to play in the, in the first division of the SWCA. Um, that, however, may well be broken this year because uh, Merthyr Tidville are back in the first division this year. Oh, uh, Ronnie. And, and, if, and if Ron Walton um, gets a game in the first, well, uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how old Ron is, but I'm sure, pretty sure he's, more, he's over 73. Seventy nine this year, I think. Yes, yeah, there we are. Um, so, so yes, it, it will it will fall to him. Uh, I've already had a word with their captain not to play him. Um, 
and uh, but and then uh, as, once the seventies were um, were were started, uh, I I was uh, I, I I played with the seventies um, pretty much full time uh, ever since the seventies were started, which was must be it must be six years ago. And enjoyed that experience. Avoid, I mean, I played cricket, I suppose, for coming on seventy years, and it is without a doubt the most fun. That I've had playing cricket. Uh, I, 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 if Peter calls uh, playing for the forty for the forty club old codgers, I don't know what that makes us quite. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you like to win. But if you don't win, it's not the end of the world. And um, and we, yeah, we 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 have a lot of fun along the way. And Peter, is that the same for you? Same feeling? Oh, very much. It's been it's been a, a lovely journey through uh, senior cricket. It really has. It's uh, going from the 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 forties, then to the fifties and the sixties, and then the seventies. It's uh, um, um for the, from the fifties onwards, especially. Um, I'm still playing with quite a number of the people that uh, I played. You know the Wales ECB fifties county championship. You know we're still playing with Gordon Voke and Ronnie Walton and and Mike Stadden. Um, so it's um, it's been a it's been a great experience, and it was our our little cadre that that started the Wales sixties, and then by extension the seventies. So we've um, we. Cricket fanatics have just kept the ball rolling all the way through, and we've got we've got a couple of eighty-year-olds now playing. So we've got Nick Evans and John Story are, are both eighty. So we've we've got a couple of boys that are there in the vanguard for starting the Wales eighties side. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I asked you, Peter, but were you um uh, were you are you a batsman or a bowler? I'm a, a a left arm seamer. Mike Mike's a left arm spinner, and no, uh, I got to, sorry, Peter. I got I got to correct you there. I've never ever referred to myself as a spinner. Left arm <laughs> slow. No, left arm slow. You know who hmm. would have said twenty years ago that would be three fifties sides, four sixties sides, and two seventies sides, and Embracing now more and more of all of Wales, isn't it? Lads are coming from North Wales to play now. But no, it is quite remarkable. Yeah, 2003, we just had the ECB 50s team and the, the famous development 11 that always reckoned that they were getting overdeveloped. <laughs> it was... <laughs> the. To see the, the the transformation that has that has happened over the last twenty odd years has been just remarkable, absolutely remarkable. I did kind of ask you if you'd if you'd have any that you were willing to share, and I got various answers from you. Mike was the the um, the, the most prominent one to give me some some things that you, he might be willing to talk about. Uh, I'm intrigued with the player that was set on fire, Mike. That's a cracker. Um, the, the, the plain factor is in cricket: the, the lower the competency level, um, the funnier a game it is. Uh, in, in in many respects, um, uh, in in all the years I spent uh, playing for my village side of Pimp Saint, um, we, we we played we played uh, midweek league cricket, which was which is quite serious. But we also um, pretty much every week managed to fit a friendly in in the evening as well. 20 overs, um, we played against the Carmarthen VAT office, who always insisted on playing over 17.5 overs, which was the the VAT rate <laughs> at the time. Um, but we had a we we, we had a um, an annual friendly against a team from King Hordy, which is just north of Flandubbery. Uh And you've got to realise that, that people turned up to play in these games just in their working clothes. Um, it was the days of the old club kit, uh, you know the. the, the a manky old bag with a with a couple of bats in it, three pairs of pads if you were lucky, and an assortment of gloves. Um, and uh, we we in Pimpsite were very fortunate to have a, a primary school teacher. We were mostly farmers, but we had a primary school teacher, a wiry a wiry tall primary school teacher, who bore an astonishing resemblance to Dennis Lilly. 
um, and th- th- uh, facially, but that wasn't his only uh, resemblance. He um, it, he was also he was also remarkably quick for that level of cricket. He he was he was it was he was a nasty on, on on very dubious pitches as well. He was quite nasty to face. Um, his uh, his problem was that that uh, the ball was anywhere between point and square leg, anywhere between his toes and over the wicketkeeper's head. But when he got it right, he was a nasty proposition. And um, and uh, the the uh, the leading light in in King Hordy's team was uh, was a county councillor Tom Theophilus who, who only passed away quite recently. But he, he must have been one of his eighties, perhaps his nineties. Um, and he always opened the batting for King Hordy, and Tom always opened the, the bowling for us. And um, uh, everything proceeded normally for a couple of overs, and uh, and Bob finally got one right, and Tom turned his back on him. And um, the ball bounced away down to third man or fine leg, and and uh, the batsman went through for for a leg by, which may or may not have been permitted by whatever umpire we had. Um, and as they turned for a second, we suddenly realised there was a plume of smoke coming from Tom's posterior. And um, having turned his back on on uh, on uh, Bob, our fast bowler. Um, the, the ball had struck a box of Swan Vestas, which were in his back pocket. Uh, and Swan Vestas in those days were not safety matches, and it ignited the box of Swan Vestas. So in, in, in mid-run, his trousers were suddenly down um, around his knees as much as his pads could, uh, could allow. We, we, we managed to put the fire out, uh, and, and, and the game proceeded with him only slightly singed, but... Uh, Yes, it was, it was one of, one of the more remarkable sights I've seen on a on a cricket field. How was how was it extinguished? If if that's not too personal, <laughs> <a> question. <laughs> Fortunately, um, the ground pitch was not large, and and uh, and the, the grass cuttings from the pitch, such as it was, were, were in a heap um, on the um, if, if you were if you were batting more than the square leg boundary. Uh, and somebody um, managed to come with a with a with a large handful of damp grass clippings, yeah. and uh, <laughs> remarkably effective in the circumstances. The other one that you that you mentioned, uh, Mike, which I have to ask about as as well, is the day we knocked out a Welsh rugby captain. Uh, indeed, yes, um, Ian Evans had just been appointed captain of Wales, and this must have been in the early nineteen nineties, I guess. And, we again, we had an annual friendly uh, against the National Trust. Uh, the the, um, the ground was actually on National Trust land, and uh, they used to turn up with a, a team of uh, whatever they could pull together. But the the, the main purpose of, of of the evening was to get into the Dolacothi Arms uh, as quickly as possible. Um, but one year they turned up. They turned up with somebody who looked remarkably like Gay Evans. In fact, not only did it look remarkably like him, it actually was. And um, uh, he was he was quite a decent cricketer as well as as things turned out he ran through us uh, very quickly and we were um, with the last knockings of the game um, we, we we had a um, a medium pacer a farmer called Tom Pollock uh, who was uh, a metronomic medium pacer but 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 nothing much with that he had two strokes the forward prod to the straight ball and the wild slash at anything that was marginally off the stumps. Um, and uh, the National Trust had brought the field in to, to polish the game off. The AMs, the AN Evans was uh, was fielding at a, a sort of short cover position. Um, anyway, the inevitable ball came along, and Tom took a wild swipe at the ball. Uh, for once in his life, connected off the middle of the bat, and the ball flew straight to AN Evans, who managed, being a professional sportsman, to get a hand on it, but not enough of a hand on it to stop it hitting, uh, to stop the ball hitting it on the head. Uh, and uh, there he was, captain of Wales rugby, lying on the on the on the outfield in Clandestine, um, not exactly knocked out, but not very well. <laughs> um, however, it has to be said that uh, he wasn't. He was sufficiently well to uh, knock back six or seven pints in the in the pub after the game uh, when all the when all the brouhaha had died down. <laughs> I wonder whether the seeds of uh, were sown at that moment. Of him uh, putting himself up to be the chairman of the uh, Welsh Rugby Union. Um, well, that's probably <laughs> less less said about that the better, probably, isn't it? At the almost moment? yes. I can't <laughs> imagine it's a post he's particularly enjoying at the moment. So no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, I don't, gents, I don't know if you can match any of those those stories from your uh, treasure chest of stories. Well, not really. Not uh, embellished as well as they have been by Mike. Um, I think really the stories I have are all to do with short comments on the field. And one character, Wayne Harris, I mentioned before, was one of the funniest characters uh, on the cricket field, but also could be the most cutting as well. And uh, I was lucky enough to go on tour, as I said, to uh, Barbados and Trinidad. And I got three runs in the whole tour. But anyhow, the first game back next year, or, you know, we went in November, so next May, the first game was against Gallatin, for whom Wayne played. And probably a second ball, I managed to find the boundary. So Wayne pipes up. He says something like, bloody hell, Stadden, you went halfway around the world for fewer than that. <laughs> so, you know, those, those are the sort of... But also, with him again, I, it was another game, uh, obviously, and he'd been... I was keeping wicket, and he was bowled by a chap called Di Herman Smith. And it had clipped the base of the leg stump. And... Uh, you know, Harris sort of looked around thinking that it was with, you know, the wind of a breezy day in St. Helens. And Jeff Ellis, who was filled in a uh, long leg, ran up, or I don't know, Jeff can't run now. He couldn't run. <laughs> and he said, uh, Bloody hell, Harris, all three don't have to be out the ground for you to be out. And, you know, <laughs> the, the pithy comments that you get. Probably every Saturday in the in league cricket, don't you? Yeah. But uh, you know, there's a few others that I can't really repeat. I, I fully understand that. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Um, a chap called John Marshall in your email back to uh, me. Well, I mean, I suppose the thing that we really haven't covered today is some of the great players that we played with and against. You know, certainly in the league. And Johnny Marshall was, well, in my opinion the best leg-spin googly bowler I'd seen. Played for Swansea, and I just wondered how he, you know, he'd never been able to play county cricket. And I suppose it was an era when he worked for British Steel and his cricket was a Saturday. But he was an outstanding character, an outstanding bowler, but would always say, I can't bowl this end when Hal Lewis was captain because my bottle of water's behind the other sight screen. And he was an eccentric as well as being a great bowler. But, uh, you know, I, I think that if you spoke to anybody in the South Wales Cricket Association from before I came to Wales, it would have been the 60s and the 70s. He was undoubtedly one of the best leg spin googly bowlers. Right? Well, an eccentric character. Still, I think he's still with us, Johnny Marshall, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there are plenty of other people who find fine cricketers. You know, I think, I think the abiding memory for me about South Wales Cricket Association is how strong it 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 is, or and was. You know, when you had county cricketers playing on a Saturday, county cricketers who retired, who then proed in the league. You know, people like Lawrence Williams. I mean, for, for me, a fantastic bowler in league. Absolutely fantastic. And then fine, fine batsmen as well. And far too many to really mention. You know, Roy Williams, who... Oh, Roy. Cricketer, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could go on and on, really. Mentioning eccentric uh, uh, players, Peter, you mentioned that you had the opportunity to, to play with one of English cricket's perhaps... Most uh, well-known eccentrics. Oh yes, yes. It, that the the one game that I played when <clears throat> I batted seven to Derek Randall six. Yes, it was our village team over in Nottinghamshire were playing the full knots eleven in a benefit match, and knots uh, <clears throat> had got a couple of ringers in, a couple of guests. Brian Clough and Duncan McKenzie, the footballer. Um, and uh, 
one Derek Randall was a little bit spare part. So he came and played for our village side. Well, <clears throat> we're not, not batted first and I opened the bowling and Brian Clough opened the batting. And in my second over, I managed to get a ball that wrapped Cluffy on the, on the glove and he managed to glide the ball through Gully's legs and he, they ran two runs. And when he got down to <clears throat> his uh, back to his crease at the other end, he made his ground and he turned round and started to walk back up the middle of the wicket, waving his bat. And he said, young man, if you hit me with that ball once more, I'm going to shove this bat right up your backside. Well, he didn't say backside, but you know, it was quite <laughs> as light as that. Anyway, the, the, the Basha Hassan was batting at the, at, at my end, as it were, and he said, oh, he's, he is a bit volatile. He says, he'll calm down in a bit, and he'll come and apologize. And he did. He came and looked, and thought, oh, sorry about that. Anyway, Derek was batting for us and he said no i'm you know i'll back down the order he's got terrible hay fever on that particular occasion he, he was not a hay fever sufferer and he went in at six scored an absolutely effortless 50 in no time at all and then just to to make life interesting um gave a look to give a, a, a nice catch to one of the knots boys in the slips to let somebody else have a bat me the 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 game fizzled out into a just a, a very very enjoyable evening and etc cetera, etc cetera. um but Derek made batting look so ridiculously simple on what was less than a perfect wicket by any stretch of the imagination and a few months later he scored 170 something in the centenary test in Australia against Dennis Lilly. And of course, we claim that the reason why he was able to handle Lily on that particularly fiery track was because of his 50 at, at Widmerpool playing for Willoughby on the Wolds on, on, a, on, a, on a very, very dubious wicket. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was a lot of interesting things all in one game. Mackenzie could have, they, he was a very talented cricketer. They were, they were saying he could have played for any, any county side he wanted, but obviously made a great deal more money playing football and Clough was an absolute cricket fanatic. And people used to wonder um, why in the second half, early in the season at the city ground, that when they came back from halftime talk and sponge and what have you, there'd only be Peter Taylor in the dugout. Clough would have, he would have disappeared. If, Knots were playing at home across the way at Trent Bridge, and he would he wouldn't bother watching the football. He'd go across the across the across the Ratcliffe Road and go watch the cricket, and that was managing a a Division One football team. He was he really did love his cricket, uh, and he used to play with the Knots boys whenever he got a chance. Benefit games. My final question to all three of you, gents, is. You're all born outside of Wales. You're all in, in Englishmen, I suppose. Um, you've spent most of your adult lives in Wales um, and you've ended up playing for the Welsh national senior teams. Um, how do you how do you square all, all of that? Do you still see cricket as the most important thing? And it's, it's irrelevant that you're playing it in Wales. You could quite as easily have spent it playing it in England. And... Uh, and is there? A, do you feel there's anything special or significant or unique about cricket in Wales that that perhaps may or may not exist in other parts of the world? There's no square to be done, Stephen. I don't think it's. Um, it, I've played all my all my adult cricket. I've played in Wales, and and I feel. I guess I feel as as well as anybody else who's playing for Wales. Somebody asked me uh, as recently as Saturday. Um, rugby. Um, when when Wales are playing England, who do you support? And I, I'm, I'm no great rugby fan in any case, but I did manage a diplomatic answer. Um, and uh, right. but so far as cricket is concerned, I I I, I feel entirely Welsh playing for Wales, and it's a privilege. Hmm. 
What I, was the what was the diplomatic answer, by the way? Uh, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> the diplomatic answer was I, I can't get worked up about uh, international rugby. The same as I can't get worked up about international football. So uh, there's, uh, I, the answer is I don't really support anybody. Yeah. Okay. I think I, one thing I, I would, in my opinion, and I've been fortunate enough to play uh, over with the England team over in Australia and once in in England as well. There is just, in my experience, there's no comparison between the dressing rooms, between the England dressing room and the, and the Wales dressing room. Wales dressing room is a much, much, much friendlier place. Um, the the feeling of a team team cohesion is much greater with the Welsh boys than it is with England. It's uh, it, it seems to be that every, when you play for Wales, it really does mean something. And we we play as a as a team as a group, and and we 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 seem to enjoy the whole experience. Um, England well, is... Peter, in the end, we're, we're all friends okay. yeah I mean I, all I would add to that is that uh, I suppose until 20 I did play cricket in London never league cricket because uh, there was only the Surrey Championship and uh, Middlesex League and then league started after I had made permanent life in Swansea but one thing I did notice in particular is how hard Welsh cricket is you know I know you, you make friends but it was it was a little bit of a shock to my system when I started playing league cricket down here it was very hard and after the game yes there would be um, congratulations if you did well and so really I, I think that um, that stands you in good stead in sport because you need to have that sort of competitive mm. edge at all levels. And then if I took it further, for me, you know, I was lucky enough to captain uh, the Wales over 50s and the Wales over 60s. And there isn't a greater honour in, in in the sporting field than to captain the nation and a nation where I live. And I'm very proud to live here. Mm. And it's... Um, a special, special accolade. And just the number of friends that you've made, that's, yeah. you know, it, it is quite remarkable. Yeah. I think that's been one of the nice things coming through from the, the 50s, 60s, 70s. It's great that, okay, we've lost lost a few de over the years, haven't we? Peter Hardwick and people, and okay, Roy's still with us, but no longer playing. But it's still always a joy to see Roy and and to see yeah. Jeff, we've we've been cricketing friends together for a long time, playing for Wales, and they are some of the nicest people I've I've met in my cricketing career. Okay, that seems like a lovely uh, uh, point to end on, gents. Thank you ever so much for sharing your your cricketing histories with us tonight. I hope you've enjoyed the experience as well. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Stephen. That's it, gents. Thank you. So out of how do I turn this off now? <laughs> <laughs>many thanks to Mick, Mike and Peter for giving up their time to talk to the podcast. Do join us next time when there'll be another story about the great game of cricket from the great country of Wales. Bye for now. Story you have needed any. Macrosech Gesselti, Ebosioch MWC Pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com. Nate, Elchintidal in Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Nate, Intidal in Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email MWC Pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.